Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode four of Hotter Than the Climate. Today, we are here with the one and only sustainable Sab, Sabrina Katz. Hi, Sabrina. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Of course. How are you? Yeah, everything's good. I have been, as I mentioned earlier to you, um, sacrificing gluten for the week. Yes. (laughs) It has not been been fun. I'm vegan, so like I um, haven't- So what have you been eating? So I have been eating matzah and um, like rice. I'll eat like rice and legumes and corn and stuff because- Otherwise, I'd be eating potatoes and quinoa all week. Which exactly. Yeah, no. Great, but <laughs> yeah, I'm not really. I'm so I. I'm not even gonna act like I'm not eating gluten. I'm being. I'm not really being that great of a Jew right now. I'm not eating. I'm. This is the first year I've done it in a long time, and it's definitely a struggle to get back into it. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, are you are you allowed to? No judgment, of course. Are you allowed to eat rice? Is that like part of the? I don't really know the rules. So technically it depends i actually was uh hanging out with a jewish friend last night so she said that it's traditionally sephardic jews can eat rice and beans and stuff um but ashkenazi jews cannot i'm ashkenazi but she also said historically speaking they wouldn't eat legumes and like rice and stuff because it was sold with grains and just to be like careful people would not buy legumes just in case there was any contamination yeah like cross yes exactly right but in sephardic areas they were not sold together so people were more likely to eat it yeah so i'm like you know what i'm just i'm just trying to be be sephardic for this this no 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 you're doing your best you're doing way more than i am you're eating matzo and stuff so honestly props to you it's not a big deal Thank you. I've been, I've been complaining like all week about it, but you know what? It's almost over. I'm like in the home stretch. No, I've seen some really like good looking because I follow all those vegan accounts. I'm also vegan. Uh, I follow all those vegan recipe accounts and everything. Some of the, like, have you made any like fun matzo meals yet? I'm like, I tend to be a little bit of a lazy cook. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Felt so that. my like matzo meals are like matzo with avocado. No, oh, no. Okay. So you're making <laughs> avocado toast, but like the Jewish version. No, that's exactly. good. I found, okay. Actually, it was kind of sad. I found this box of matzah at the store near my apartment and I live in Crown Heights. So I'm like, okay, there's like a good amount of Jewish people here. Yeah. Um, And there was like a kosher for Passover section and I go to buy some matzah and it was like flavored matzah. There was like onion and like what? seed and salt. And I was like, what? I oh, was that's like that underground okay. Jewish food. I know. Oh my god, I've never hold on. What were the flavors? What were, was, what was um, it? It was onion and poppy. So it was like there was salt on it. There was like like dried onion, like you would find on like an everything bagel. And oh like, my god, yes, we are improving as time okay, goes on. Wait, wait, wait. So I buy it. I get home, and like a day after I start eating this matzah, my roommate looks at the box and she was like, "Why does it say not kosher for Passover on it?" So I either thought I was gonna say non-kosher or not vegan. I was like, it has to be one or the other. Stop! Oh my god! Well, honest again, you're doing your best. It's not, no, but also I saw. I know, I know you're like somewhere based near Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. You know the place. I might be butchering the pronunciation. Um, Guevara's. It like is kind of yeah. new. They're mm-hmm. making vegan, and obviously after this, they're making vegan babka. They do cinnamon vegan babka. I was like, I need some. It looks amazing. 
my friend um Rebecca she's at Beacon Bodega Cat on oh oh, I love her I I follow her she's great so I went to I think it's Guevara's uh for I went for the first time with her literally the day that Joe Biden was announced president and oh, I was so like, an amazing day our celebration brunch we're yes. just like yeah so I definitely want to go back there I don't live too far from there it's like a decent walk but I would definitely okay when the nice weather comes oh my god the day Joe Biden won was truly the best day in the city the the vibes everyone was like it just everyone was like alive if that was easily the greatest day um last year amazing for real honestly I just like I remember my friend texted me she was like Joe Biden won and then all of a sudden I'm hearing outside of my apartment all these horns honking like cars and people are cheering and clapping and all I hear is music and I run outside because I was about to meet my friend Rebecca it was by coincidence that we were meeting that day um but I ran outside and everybody's like cheering on the streets and amazing playing that song fuck Donald Trump yeah no it was truly amazing beautiful just like it was it was so nice like after like See, like just seeing the community come together and the city coming together was so nice to see everyone was like finally like just like happy at once like mm-hmm. forever how, for however long that lasted everyone was just very happy agreed um yeah, but yeah that. so I'm gonna kind of I want to introduce you so for those who, who <laughs> don't know sustainable sabs um she's a social activist low-impact vegan who is the co-founder of intersectional environmentalism that we all probably know and love because I know I love that account. I'm constantly reposting it, getting information from it and just getting informed by it. Um, so like what made you start the account? Because I know you're a co-founder, so I'm not, I'm not exactly sure who the other founder is. And like, just like exp- if you want to explain the process behind it and why you started it. Yeah, so um, Intersectional Environmentalist, we founded it last in June. So um my co-founders are uh, Leah Thomas. She's the IE. Oh, she's yeah. like the official founder. Um, she's at Green Girl Leah on Instagram, um, as well as Deandra Mariset and Phil Aiken. So a little bit of backstory. Leah and I, um, Leah had been like a sustainability blogger for a while. And we had just met some, she like come to New York a couple times. We met up for brunch. We like became friends and just stayed connected. Mm-hmm. Um, she's from, she lives in California. So um she so we were connected that way and then Deandra who um is another fellow co-founder I met her because she was living in Manhattan and then she moved home to Houston which is where she she's from I'm also um, from Houston so when I found oh, out she was moving there I was like hey we should totally meet up when I'm back at when I'm back home and we can like whatever hang out um so last May I went home to Texas um just because I was furloughed and, you know, didn't want to stay in my tiny New York apartment. Yes, <laughs> completely understand. Yeah. Um, so went home um, and like a week after uh, getting back was when George Floyd was murdered. And there was just a lot of, you know, there were a lot of protests happening. I went to one in Houston and then Deandra um messaged me one day and was like, hey, I'm going to Austin for some protests. Do you want to join me? And like, I'll be going with some friends. And I was like, yes. So we drove to Austin. That was like the first time we ever hung out like together. Oh, like all early. We like kind of knew each other, but like we never like hung out, hung out. And yeah. um, So we drove to Austin, stayed with her friend Phil Aiken, our fellow co-founder. He's like everyone coming together. I know. Yeah. So he's big on eco TikTok or he's like on eco talk. 
Um, I think I've heard of him. Yeah. Bill the Fixer. Oh, Um, okay. Yeah. It's ringing a bell now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So um, we all met up in Austin at the same time, Leah, who was in California, um, she made a a post on Instagram that ended up going viral. And it said, um, environmentalists for Black Lives Matter. And she like defined intersectional environmentalism, which is the version of environmentalism that she had always practiced, which really Mm -hmm. combines social justice and climate justice and doesn't overlook the people aspect of, you know, the environment. Because a lot of times when we talk about environmentalism, we're like nature and the outdoors and animals, all of which are obviously super important, but also humans are vulnerable to a lot of the ill effects of the climate crisis. So she exactly. created this post. Everybody was sharing it. Like the Sierra Club shared it. Patagonia, like NR, I think NRDC did. Um, but lots I think, of. I think I shared it. I'm pretty sure I did I'm because. Sure you did. Yeah, I reposted that, and I was like, oh, like it taught me. Like, of course, I knew like what intersectional environmentalism like was, but like it just taught me like more about it. And then I was like, oh, right. I'm following. Like, obviously. Yeah, exactly. So she created the definition and she um, created a pledge of like how to stand in solidarity or mm-hmm. sorry, how to be in solidarity with others. And um, Deandra had like separately done a content collaboration with Leah and Phil had like invited Leah also separately to be on his podcast at one point. So since the three of us were in Austin, we were like, we should call Leah, just like congratulate her on her growth. Obviously it was not because of like positive things. There was like a lot of turmoil and sadness and frustration um, and like the zeitgeist of the world. But um, yeah, we called her and like, we were like, let's do something. Like there's so much momentum right now. People are like, people want to learn. People want to like take action and clearly we can create something out of this. And we are all content creators, um, you know, in our own respects. And there was so much information that was just being shared. I don't know if you remember, it was like infographic after infographic of like, here are all these podcasts to listen to, here are these books you can read, here are these articles, here's this, that, and the other. There's like an overwhelming amount of information. Yeah, exactly. And you know, exactly what you said, it can be overwhelming when there's like so much stuff. So we were like, how do we find like high level stuff on a specific topic and just like curate a resource like curate Mm -hmm. these resources so that people so that people who want to learn more about that topic have all of these things that they can like okay I just want to take an initial dive into exactly how the fashion industry impacts social justice and the climate. Yeah, so, it kind of like, like it just it makes it more simple and it's all in one place exactly. instead of getting it from like all di- other different sources. So yeah, I understand. Exactly. Uh, so we <laughs> created a website and uh, we created it an Instagram page and you know along with that and we built the website in like I think a week or a little over a week and um, started our Instagram page and. Here we are almost 300,000 followers later. Yeah, no, exactly. No, it's so, it's, it really is because it's such a great account. And like you guys focus on not just like one specific issue, just about how everything's interconnected and everything like matters mm-hmm. and all the problems that we see, like are, again, mm-hmm. are all connected. So I love the account, of course. And yeah, obviously as it should grow, like it's, it's an amazing account. It's like, clearly there's a lot of work that's put into it. And it's all like, you guys obviously fact checked fact check behind all the posts so yeah no it's a I, I love the account and like I know like hey like but a lot of my followers follow it like honestly everyone that I know really follows the account it's a, it's amazing that brings me so much joy uh one of so 
Leah and I pretty much run the Instagram account. That's like part of our main role. So like seeing it grow, we're like not even a year old, which is really wild. Yeah, no, that's crazy. So I don't know, just seeing the momentum and seeing so many people getting behind it because for so long, the environmental the environmental sector has just been so whitewashed, especially even when mm-hmm. you look at like environmental education. It's like John Muir and Henry David Thoreau, who is like a fake environmentalist. Yeah, <laughs> he, like, no, literally. <laughs> um, and like all of these people, and we hear all of these stories that have been erased from the environmental movement, or we see that environmental justice is like a not a requirement for environmental studies when you're Mm -hmm. studying environmentalism it's like a what is that type of class an extracurricular or not yeah yeah yeah. but it's like an optional one when it's like this this should be the only thing that we're learning about if if you're learning about the environmental movement you have to learn about environmental racism you have to learn about how indigenous rights are taken and like the tribes and the the land is stolen You, you can't just focus on like you said like obviously it matters nature animals like i'm all about that but we also have to focus about people because Again, like you said before, there's no climate justice without racial and social justice in general. So like, you can't just, I don't like it when people just, you can't, I wouldn't really consider yourself an environmentalist if you don't actually care about the people as well. You're a nature lover, maybe. (laughs) I don't know the right word for it, but you can't be an environmentalist and not focus on um, uplifting all people, not just white people, all all of us, not just um, nature and animals. And again, I love nature and animals, but um, it can't just be that. Agreed. Yeah, I I came into the environmental movement through the zero waste movement, which is like Mm -hmm. its own little sect of privilege within the environmental movement. Very, very much so. Um, And I don't consider myself zero waste anymore. I consider myself low impact, um, even though I do like uphold a lot of the like original zero waste practices that I adopted. But I, you know, when I first went zero waste, which was like, five and a half years ago it was just a while back a lot yeah it was just like all white women like showing their mason jars and yes um they're like no trash whatever and um it you know I feel like you have to really just put your head down and close your eyes to really be ignoring a lot of the social injustice happening in the world especially if you care about the environment like how can you care about the environment and like plastic waste more than you care about other people? Exactly. No. And also it's, it's, um, the whole zero waste movement. I like love the idea behind it, but definitely being zero waste is a basically impossible just with all the corporations and how everyone gets their food nowadays. Mm -hmm. Um, and B it's like you said, it's, it's really a privilege and it's very like whitewashed, um, movement in the environmental movement, because a lot of like, like not all communities like can be zero waste. It's, almost impossible and that's why you have to hold big corporations accountable and it shouldn't like it can't just be up to the zero waste movement you know what I mean a lot of like zero waste practices too are also just like appropriated from BIPOC cultures where it's like you know or you know from low-income folks right not wasting any food um reusing things as much as possible like uh saving like Ziploc bags and cleaning them and reusing them over and over again, right? Yeah. Um, and it's like just become trendified in a way that's like appropriating and mm-hmm. really does, you know, it's just frustrating. But yeah. 
Yeah, no, I, I definitely, I see where you're coming from and I agree. And um, no, it, the environmental movement, if you're, if you're not for the people, then honestly leave. We, we don't want you if you're not here for nature and the people. Obviously, this, our climate change crisis and our issue is so important, but that also goes hand in hand with the people, point blank period. Like yeah. th- th- that's just how it is. And, um, and no, a big thing is also that is overlooked with zero waste and everything is just a plant-based diet. And that's not accessible to all communities, but for those who can like try to like get, like I always promote like with my family to try to help them try to get into veganism. I'm always secretly making plant-based meals that I say is like me. And then I'm like smiling and making them try it. I know you're vegan. How did you get into veganism? Um, I went vegan. The same, pretty much the same summer I went zero waste. It was like, it was a year after I went vegetarian. So it was my one year vegetarian anniversary, five and a half years ago or so. And I wanted to challenge myself to go vegan for a week. I was like, I think I had met somebody who was vegan around that time and they just like seemed really cool. And I was like, you know what? I could probably try it. And so I did it for a week and I, and I, because I posed it as a challenge, it feels, it feels. <sighs> no, it's, it's again, it is fine. <laughs> it's, it's Friday. It's almost the weekend. No judgment. I, thank you. <laughs> It felt, because I posed it as a challenge, it felt much more accessible than like me forcing myself to do something for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, And I ended up appreciating it or liking it and finding it much easier than it was before. And I just learned more about the animal industry. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been vegan ever since. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's funny because, so I wasn't vegetarian. Surprisingly, I was um, pescatarian a couple of years ago. And then also like at my like one year mark, I was like, and then I got like deep dive. That's like when I started um, getting into environmental issues. And that's when I went into like documentaries and like seeing everything and seeing the environmental impact. And I was like, girl, I'm done. Like literally like I'm done with fish. I'm sorry. Um, but I just, I can't do it anymore. And then I, th- ever since I was vegan and I'm also like a huge foodie and a huge like person in like the kitchen. And I love like trying new like vegan restaurants especially like around the city and Brooklyn and even um, in Long Island. Uh, so that really started. It was like, it was watching documentaries and then reading more about it. And then I was like, you know what? Tofu's not that bad. Season that up, add some veggies, add some rice. And that's amazing. Agreed. What are your favorite uh, spots in the city? Uh, my favorite spots. Okay. So top three, and then I'm going to, then you tell me your top three. Uh, what I've been going to with a friend lately, Jaja, mm-hmm. or ha, I think it's, I think it's pronounced ha ha ha. Um, spicy moon shout them out again they were on my first episode like they um they sent me some food and I was so happy because I absolutely love them um and then my third hmm what's my third favorite one where do I always eat oh have you ever been to Luan's or Luan's wild I really like that place oh no hold on am I my fourth sorry (laughs) I'm going for a four uh oregano in Williamsburg it is it's half vegan half um traditional and it is easily like the best like brick oven vegan pizza I've ever had so good and the staff is so nice and it's it's amazing so now now Uh, you (laughs) favorites probably Le Petit Monstre which is a new one in Brooklyn and it's all vegan pastries and it is literally 
like it does not taste vegan whatsoever and I'm saying that as a vegan but my friends who are not vegan have tried it and been like wow if you did not tell me this was vegan I literally never I love that and um, that's the best feeling (laughs) I'm French so uh it's like a lot of French pastries and I've never had like some of these French pastries for over five years and having them again is just like oh man no I'm I'm 100% going I'm adding it to my list after this like honestly run (laughs) no I I know I I really will no because I've been wanting to try new um a lot of new restaurants like um have you ever been a pops eat right that's on my list no it's like it's it's like fast food burgers they have like cheese fries they have like burgers and stuff and um I wanted to try it for a while yeah um Rebecca has a video on Le Petit Monstre uh and it's funny because she uh at the beginning of the video she in the vi- so in real life she had texted me and she was like how do you pronounce this um the name she, of the she knew to ask you yeah <laughs> yeah and so I sent her an audio message back of pronouncing it and in the video you see her like holding up the phone uh, and playing the audio I'm, wa- I'm gonna watch right after that's really funny <laughs> um so that place is definitely number one. Um, Orchard Grocer just, it makes me want to go into Manhattan. <laughs> no, it is so, I, I used to work there. I worked there a couple months ago. Yeah. You did? I, yeah, I worked, I worked there. It was great. Oh, literally Love the best. That. And I understand what you're saying. It makes me want to go into the city. The best sandwiches and salads and just like, oh, so good. What's your go-to sandwich there or salad or whatever? Honestly... I feel like the Bowery, but also the Francis, the Cuban oh, sandwich. So, so good. Mm, I like whatever one is the, is it the the Miles, but I get it on an everything bagel. It's like the bacon, egg, and cheese. And that that's the best. And Or the tofu, or like the buffalo tofu salad. That is amazing. That sounds good. Yeah. Soon. No, so good. Uh, <laughs> I think I still have one more restaurant. Yeah, yeah, no, you um, still want, no, no, this is great. No, you still got one more. <laughs> um I really like okay I'm gonna say one that I'll say two one of them is like normal favorite and then the other one is like fancy favorite like okay. when I'm really trying to splurge yeah, yeah. favorite is Newtown which is in like Williamsburg pretty close to Champs and they just have really really good like hummus sandwiches oh, hummus drammy and hummus Honestly, they do uh, mise platters, and it's just, like, incredible. What is it called? Um, Sorry. Newtown? News- I'm 100% going that, too. I'm, I, I hope you know that all those are going to be on my Instagram very soon. I'm going to be like, found this spot. Like, <laughs> no no credit. <laughs> That's no, okay. I'll be like, I, Sab's find. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So that is my third my fancy favorite is ABCV, which is... I've wanted to go there for so long. It is technically vegetarian, but they have a lot of vegan options. And I went there for my birthday one year and um, just... Amazing. So good. I spent so much money, but honestly, it was so worth <laughs> no, it. No, worth it. <laughs> no, I recently went to... Well, not recently, recently, actually. I went for their Valentine's Day menu, Ladybird. I've been wanting to try so- that. So the vibes in the restaurant, the music in the restaurant, the food, the like the waiters were so much fun. Like it was easily like one of the best nights in the city that I've had in a while. I need to go. Okay. They were so good. Um, so that kind of I have one more little fun segment at the end. But yeah, I just really wanted to go into like what intersectional environmentalism is about, get to know you some more. But um, 
Yeah, so maybe just this last little segment and then we can wrap things up. So if you, this is go back, of course, it's all going back to vegan. Um, <laughs> if you had to pick three foods to veganize, it could be a product, a dish, something from a fast food restaurant. Mm-hmm. What would it be and why? Your top three. Solid question. Um, I haven't had, which like, I know that there are vegan versions of it, but I just like, I want like a solid brownie like a good chewy Mm -hmm. like with walnuts and chocolate chips inside I I can't feel you with the walnuts but definitely chocolate (laughs) chips (laughs) um so I feel like that um the honey butter chicken biscuit from Whataburger I feel like I would would not be mad if that was made vegan I would be probably quite happy (laughs) and hopefully one day it will be um I also which like don't want it to be from Chick-fil-a but if some other place could veganize it and sell it and also like donate a portion of the proceeds to like LGBTQ organizations I feel like that would just be do you want a chicken sandwich the fries like what do you want I want the chicken sandwich the fried chicken sandwich and the spicy fried chicken sandwich and the waffle fries Oh, the waffle fries always look so good. But honestly, hold on. I'm trying to think. I think Marty's V Burger in the city, they just came out with the chicken sandwich. So I heard, and yeah, I was like, just like recently speaking with them. Um, I heard that is very good. So if you want to maybe follow your dreams of a uh, of a vegan Chick-fil-A, then that is perfect. Um, but yeah, no, I've never, I've never heard, heard of any other place really doing vegan like fried. Oh, Willow. Willow, New York did it. I had it recently. Very good. I feel like I, where is that? That name sounds so familiar. It's like near Chelsea. They just recently opened up. It's like the people behind Beyond Sushi. I think Rebecca actually did a video recently oh, on it. Oh man, she, no, she's everywhere. I like love watching her vlogs and her vi- and everything. Like she's great. Okay. I'm in a couple of them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, so I'm going to look out for you because I've never seen you though. Maybe I haven't like, cause I like selected like, which ones like I like want to go to. Um, but for me, I would definitely pick, because like I wrote down this question, so I already wrote it down, Munchkins, Dunkin' Donut Munchkins. Mm-hmm. I miss so much. McDonald French fries, because they're not vegan. Yes. They're in like some like fat or oil or something. And Frosties from Wendy's, because I miss those. I miss di- yeah. dipping my fries in them and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, that would be definitely my top three. Solid. Yeah. Solid um, but yeah, so I'm so glad we got to speak. We got to speak all about veganism and intersectional environmentalism and the account and everything. Um, so I think that's pretty pretty much it. Ha- um, is are you are you good? <laughs> um, I did. There is one thing that I wanted to mention that I realized I forgot to mention when talking about intersectional environmentalism. Um, always want to shout out Professor Kimberly Crenshaw, who is the like kind of the original person who coined the term intersectionality um, and is like a leading scholar in critical race theory. She's a professor and a lawyer and um, she really is a lot of the inspiration behind, um, you know, of course, intersectional environmentalism. So just wanted to give her a shout out. There's more information um, on her on our website. She has a great TED talk that I highly recommend everybody check out. And then, yes. um, Outside of that, I guess I'll just give all, give us all a little plug, but check out. Yeah, yeah, no, do, no, do it right now. Do it right now. 
Yeah. Um, so you can check out Intersectional Environmentalist on Instagram. That's our at um, or intersectionalenvironmentalist.com. We have a YouTube channel as well as a podcast called Dismantled. Um, and then for myself, you can yes. find me on uh, Instagram <laughs> at Sustainable Sabs. Uh, and I have a YouTube channel as well. Yes. Oh my God. No, it was so nice speaking with you. And yes, everyone, uh, subscribe, tell your friends about uh, Hotter Than the Climate. Follow Hotter Than the Climate on Insta and me, Dylan Katz, two Zs.